What's going on everybody? Jesse Belvin here, your seven-figure dad, and welcome to episode number two of the Friday Happy Hour. Today we have a very, very special guest, one of my really good friends, uh, Chase McKinney. And let me tell you about this guy before we get started. He's not just a normal guest. I mean, he is one of my really good friends, but let me tell you about his background before we get started. This guy got his start uh, in a lot of different industries, but where I was fortunate enough to meet him was the, uh, of course, network marketing industry, in which case he was an absolute monster, completely crushed the industry, uh, made tons of money, but was also able to help other people do the same thing as well. Um, and then he got this wacky idea that he was going to go kind of venture off into real estate, uh, start flipping <laughs> homes and doing that sort of thing. And, uh, and then just kind of messed around, as Ice Cube says, and, and got a triple-double. Uh, started, you know, started uh, earning a six-figure income from the real estate industry. And now is doing some really cool things on the side of that that I don't want to give too much away uh, because we'll talk about that later. But uh, Chase McKinney, feel free, man, to, to fill in any blanks. Tell us about yourself, um, kind of how you got here. Uh, any blanks that I forgot to, to, to talk about, feel free to, to let the audience know. Yeah, so, I mean, well, first of all, uh, man, episode number two, that, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty humbling, bro. <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, getting invited on. And, and that, you know, I, I've just watched the, the success that Jesse's had low these many years. I mean, we go way back and, and we've really shared in each other's successes. So I think you're doing some really, really valuable work out there for the people that, that listen and watch. Um, so I just I, I wanted to commend you on on your success first of all. I mean, you really put it in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, wow. I don't, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Uh, I got a really wild idea one day that, um, you know, I love the network marketing industry. There's nothing better, um, and it was really a a growth platform for me. It really taught me a few things to make me extremely successful, and some of the other stuff that that's going on in my life right now. Um, and I, and I, I never could have done it without the teaching, the coaching, um, and just the all-around positive atmosphere that comes from, from being in a network marketing company. And not just one. I mean, you know, Jesse, I mean, we, we, went, we went through two or three, right? Um, we finally landed on, on one that, that, uh, that we had some success with. And, and I, I don't think I'd be where I am today without, without my, you know, career in network marketing, so to speak. So um, I owe a lot to that. Other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do real estate full-time now. Um, it's been a lot of hard knocks. It's a hard-knock life, as they say, as, as the song goes. And, and it, I mean, it's a, it's a hard road home. So um, I don't know what else to say, man. That, that's kind of me and, you know, that, that's my background a little bit. Absolutely, man. And you're, you're currently down in the, uh, the Houston, Texas marketplace, kind of around there. Is that correct? Yeah, so if you look on the top 10 places to live in the United States, Houston is not one of them. Um, but I chose, I chose Houston mainly because uh, the, the real estate um, market where I was currently living was just astronomically high. I mean, I, I couldn't buy a house and flip it and make money. Um, well, I could. It, it would just I would do one every 10 years. And so for me, 
um, it, it was more about volume and getting out there and doing more and more and more and more because that's how I wanted to learn. Um, and so the real estate market in Houston provided me, a, you know, a, again, another spring platform to do that. Real estate was cheap. Um, I could buy two or three houses for the same cost that I was buying, you know, in, in my original place of, of Vancouver, Washington, phenomenal place to live. But as any as anybody that knows the Oregon and Washington market in terms of real estate, it, it's extremely high. I mean, it's it's mirroring that of Northern California. Um, so it was just tough for me to break in. Um, so my wife was tired of the rain. I had a sister that lived in Houston, so I chose Houston. And um, the first thing I did was I, I looked at an economic graph, and I saw that Houston was never really affected by the situations, you know, in other parts of the country. They were a little affected by the oil crisis, right? Um, but but nothing compared to the rest of the United States. So if you look at the drop in real estate prices comparatively from even the Texas marketplace to the other parts of the United States. I mean, that's why I really chose Houston. And then the economy is just blowing up. We're now the most diverse country or the, the, the most diverse city in the United States. Um, so, I mean, I, I get to sell houses to a wide, a wide variety of people. And that's really what I'm about. That's absolutely incredible. And, and guys, as you can see, it's always smart to do your homework before you move to certain places. Uh, I know that uh, that I've done minimal homework before moving to certain places and, and paid <laughs> paid dearly so for it. So um, that's really smart, uh, guys. Uh, you know, everyone listening, tuning in at home, uh, this is a very very smart thing to do before moving to to a different location. Let me. I'm gonna fill something in before. You know, I I, I want to talk to Chase about because we all kind of had it. If you haven't had this moment, you'll have it soon. It's called the aha moment, right? The moment you knew you were going to be successful, that sort of thing. But, you know, one of the things that I want to just kind of kind of let the audience know, and I don't share this a lot, is, you know, I used to be a, uh, for, for a certain bank, I won't mention the bank's name, but I used to be a, co a collector, front end especially, uh, for a certain bank. I did very well uh, for this company. But, you know, I, I remember sitting there, and I, behind my chair in my cubicle, my respected cubicle, I had this, this really loud mouth, uh, just total baller on the phone, uh, just, just wheeling and dealing. He was kind of more of like the, the, the seriously delinquent, uh, you know, credit card accounts for this certain bank. But this guy was an absolute savage uh, when it came to that. And this is kind of where I met Chase because I just remember one of the things that I, I, I'll never forget is he used to tell people on the phone, my name is uh, Chase, like the bank. And uh, I just, I never quite forgot that. I always thought it was really awesome. So uh, the reason I'm explaining but we, this. But, but, we, we, but we didn't work for Chase, right? We didn't <laughs> but, work for Chase bank. but we did not. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, are you calling me from Chase Bank? And I'd be like, no, I'm calling you from this bank. Exactly. Like, okay. Bank and they're like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. We're not quite sure where you're calling from, you know, the bank you're at now, but yeah, it, was, it was it was confusing. It, I think I caught him off guard too. I think that's really that was part of my charm. Was like, you're calling from Chase? I don't have any accounts. You know, it kind of it kind of disarmed him a little bit. So exactly. I really had the accounts with with Chase Bank, and then it was a totally different conversation. Exactly, and you know, I I'll never forget it. I remember, wow, this guy this guy's got it down. He's got his talk off down because he said it every single time. And I just remember while being like, wow, he's, he's, he's really good at what he does. And that's actually where we met. And the reason I'm saying this story now, guys, is because I'm kinda, I kind of want to transition into the aha moment, right? That moment that you just knew you were going to be successful. And the reason I wanted to say that is because I actually can't tell you, and I've known Chase for a while, 
when his aha moment was because the guy was killing it back then. So Chase, for the audience listening to the Friday Happy Hour episode number two, uh, what was your aha moment? The moment you said, hey, wait a second, I'm not going to just work a 40-hour-a-week job. Like, I'm meant for greatness. I'm meant for something really special to be able to kind of dictate my own schedule, my own income, uh, you know, uh, my worth, if you will. When was that moment for you? Yeah, so I went to college in Colorado, and I was in Denver. And um, I was going to school to uh, follow what I thought I wanted to do and, and I wanted to be a diesel mechanic, you know, and because I'd always seen guys that grew up in Alaska, I'd always seen diesel mechanics come back and they do these two week on two week off turnaround shifts, right? Where they work 84 hours a week and they come back, but they always had huge bank accounts. Right. Um, but what I found as, as I, as I, as I went forward in, in, in that career choice was divorce rate was high. They had a lot of toys, but, but they always had, they always had medical problems, and, and, and they always seemed unhappy. Alcoholism was rampant, and it, and, it, and it really stemmed from their lifestyle, right? They worked hard, and they played hard, which is not a bad MO to have. Um, it's just they were locked down to that job, right? And so I, I met a gentleman named Kevin in, in Denver, and, and he showed me an opportunity in network, and... I went home and I called my mom and my dad and I talked about it a little bit and they'd been, they, you know, they'd had some experience uh, previously and they said, look, we, we didn't tell you about network marketing before because I asked them and said, hey, you've seen the value in it. And they said, well, we wanted you to be approached on your own and for you to make your own decision. Um, and I, I was 19 at the time and I think that was an aha moment. Now, to be financially free, I'm still not, I'm, 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 I'm still not there yet. Uh, I'm, I'm humbled every day. Um, and I've been successful in it, and I've been blessed in what I've done, but it's been a long road. I mean, that was – I'll be 33 this year. That was 14 years ago, and I'm still not in a place where I would feel comfortable in stepping away and just being able to play all year round, right? And so I, I really – if I can say anything, my aha moment was, was 14 years ago, but it's taken – it's a long road. And so – the millennials and people that, that have a younger, you know, that have a younger mindset, and even not millennials, you know, even even some of the the um, the older folks out there, they want it right now, right, right now. And and I'm the worst. I am the most impatient person. Patience is not a virtue for me, and I don't think I'll ever develop patience. My dad has patience. I don't think I'll ever have it. I want it now, and if I can't have it now, I just get pissed off, and I just I got I gotta go, right? So. I want to say that after 14 years, I'm still not there. But 14 years ago, I had an aha moment where it was like, man, I don't want to work two weeks on and two weeks off. I want to do my own thing. I want to be my own boss. I want to be able to afford things when I want um, how I want to do them. And so I think for me, it happened 14 years ago. I've never looked back. I've had jobs. I've worked for people since then. I've always had some type of entrepreneurial thing going for the last 14 years, whether it's network marketing or internet companies or, or whatever it was. I've always had something going. Most of them have failed, right? And I finally hit one that's 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 I've had success the past 24 months. Um, go, going on going on 36. I mean, we're in our third year, and so 
man, it was a lot. I spent tens of thousands of dollars. You know, Jess, I mean, you, you, you saw some of the challenges that we've had. Jesse's known me for, golly, seven, eight years now. We've been through a lot, bro, right? I mean, we've been through companies, and we've been through towns, and we've been through friends, and we've been, I mean, we've been through a lot, dude. Think about it. And, and, and I failed a lot of stuff, but, but I hit, finally hit on one that, uh, that was successful for me. So, I mean, just, just keep on keeping on, I guess, as Joe Dirt would say. Absolutely. As Joe Dirt would say, he says a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love what Joe Dirt says. Um, well, guys, for those of you that are, that are sitting there and you're saying, listen, my moment hasn't happened. You know, I'm still doubting myself every day. I still don't necessarily feel like, you know, I've had that moment where I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to be successful. Um, just know it, it will happen. Just stay consistent. And, uh, you know, you, you'll have that breakthrough. You'll have that moment. You're like, wow, nothing is going to be able to stop, you know, stop me. Nothing's going to be able to stand in my way. And uh, despite the challenges, the obstacles, the people, I'm going to be able to go out there and make yeah. this thing happen. And Chase, which is kind of, kind of completely different, tell us real quick, you know, we all know there's roller coasters in entrepreneurship. Uh, we all, everyone likes to talk about the high moments, but not a lot of people like to talk about those really dark uh, moments where uh, you, you think about giving up, the lowest moment. I can, I can firmly, confidently tell everybody I know without a shadow of a doubt my lowest moment. I had, uh, I had decided to leave a, a network marketing company. Uh, we had a lot of success. We were making a six-figure income, very solid, very confident. I was doing a lot of bragging, and then that company decided it was going to sell uh, its it, it's rights to another company. Uh, and uh, basically, I had no backup plan. I had never thought about doing internet mar internet marketing, diversifying stocks, none of that stuff. So a uh, very humbling, very scary, uh, dark moment for myself. I remember, Chase, tell us about your lowest moment. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a couple. Um, so the, the lowest moment that I've had in real estate, so we started about a, a little more than 24 months ago, um, and we've flipped several properties since then. That's, that's really all we do. I have a brother that's an electrical engineer that's still in Vancouver, Washington. He's more into the rental game, um, and he's extremely good at it. I'm more of a flip guy. Um, I, I, I like the yield. Um, I like seeing the house come together. But so we are, are the, the reason I tell you about this is 20, you know, 28 months ago, we started this thing and we started with, four, we started with $45,000. That's what we had. We had 45 grand and I had 45, I liquidated everything. I had 45,000 bucks that I, that I'd saved. And so I brokered a deal. I found my first house on Craigslist, right? And it was in the, is in the barrio, the ghetto. I mean, I'm talking the worst, because I, I didn't know. And so I bought it, and we ended up selling it. We made seven grand, right? The second house I did, we made 12 grand. We, we paid cash. The third house I did, here's the caveat. The third house I did, I got a little overextended, and we paid cash, and I had enough money to buy it, right? Um, I, 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 I sold a few other things. So... We bought it for a hundred. We bought it for ninety-eight thousand. We pumped hundred and fifty grand, all cash, into this house. And the the, the the worst thing was is our is our investor, um, not our investor, our general contractor, didn't do the work that he said he was going to do. And it's the first time that we'd ever had that happen to us. This was our third house. We ended up losing about eighty grand. Oh wow! Just clean cut on that house, 80,000. So, um, I had, I, I had to start over, right. Um, I, I, I took, 
I took some of my parents' money down. I took a lot of my money down. Um, and at that point, I mean, I mean, man, my dad started started working when he was like 14, right? Uphill in the snow both ways. I mean, he's a hard worker, and so is my mom. And so to lose some of their money was the opposite direction of where I wanted to go. I wanted I wanted to increase their wealth, not decrease their wealth, right? And so that's, that, that was really one of my whys for doing this is I'd like to work with my dad, and I'd like to increase our wealth at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so my dad has some special skills with some construction knowledge that he has, so it allowed us to do that. But when we lost that money, it was just a devastating time. Um, and so I was driving home, and, and my wife was sitting in the – in the front seat of the car, she was the only one with me. Our, our kids were at, were at, a, were at a, a, family, a family's house. And I looked over and I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go work for, for somebody. And, and I think I have a knowledge base that I think I can make probably a pretty good income in Houston. I just want to give up. And, and I just want to hang out. And I just want to live the, you know, a, a normal middle-class lifestyle where you know, we have a nice car but we have a payment. We have maybe a nice little middle income house, but we have a mortgage. Um, and I want to do these things because it, it's, it's stressing me out, bro. It's just, I'm a ginger. I'm where our, our kind is already going extinct. I can't kill one of us. You know what I mean? I can't kill myself because, because I, I can't handle anymore. I can't handle losing this type of money. I just, I, I it, it won't, it makes me ill. It still makes me ill to think about it. And uh, he took our check. The general contractor took our check and just left. He took he took eighty grand and just and just bailed. I never saw him again. Um, and so for me, that that was our lowest point in the real estate business. Um, that 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 was horrible. That was still a horrible time. I still think back. I, you know how when you think back on a memory and you get butterflies in your stomach, I still get that. I, it's still a big knot, and it, and it and it makes me it makes me just tear up. I can't. I, it hurts to talk about. And then, so we, we went back, we went back to the drawing table. We had to go back to a cheaper house than even the very first one. And we bought it and we just started over from scratch. Actually, we, we went backwards, of course, right? So we had less money than what we started with. That's the breaks, right? That's what you do. You invest. You invest and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Um, not that it was a bad investment. It was just, it was a, it was a poor hiring decision. I, I don't know if it happens to everybody, but it happened to us. That was my lowest moment in real estate, bar none, bar none. Okay. Well, guys, if, if, if you know, I, I like to think of, like, some problems as, like, stubbing my toe, right? Stubbing my toe when somebody's out there starving. You know, I, I talk, oh, man, if you <laughs> – oh, man, I was just thinking about this. Uh, sorry for everybody at home, but, like, um, I'm trying to – oh, <laughs> It's where on the episode of Friends, guys, this is totally off topic. Actually, it's not off topic at all. But it's at, 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 uh, on episode of Friends, you know, Ross is uh, in the in the delivery room while Rachel Rachel's giving birth, and he like stubs his toe or whatever, and he says, "Oh my gosh, you have no idea how bad this hurts," <laughs> while she's giving birth, you know. So, anyways, the reason I say that is because a lot of you at home, I know myself included, I didn't lose eighty grand. You know, I, I don't know what that's like, but I, I, I look at mine and I'm like, man, that really sucks. But it, it, it's always just such a little problem when compared to other people. And I know Chase, Chase, you know, you could say, oh, man, I lost 80 grand. You know, this was hard. This was hard. Then we look at some of these other guys that have maybe, you know, out there, you know, God knows what their stories are and, and what they've had to what they've had to go through. And so uh, for those of you at home, the reason I'm saying this is just it's it's a. Uh, it's really humbling. It's really good for the perspective to hear other people's stories, other people's struggles. Um, 
So Chase, I'll allow you to kind of bounce back, man. What was the best time you've had as an entrepreneur the, where you were like, man, if, it, if, it, if this is as good as it gets, I'm, I'm all right. What, what was that time? Uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, obviously when you, you know, when you sell a house, it's always a good thing, right? Um, there, there's nothing better than, than, than making the cash. And what's crazy about it is, um, my wife is a stay at home mom. She's been a stay at home mom for eight years, right? And in the past two years of doing this, we've paid our real estate agent, the one that we use, uh, almost a six figure income just on the houses that we flip. And it just wasn't okay for me. So she became a broker in our state. Her name is Jamie Terry, phenomenal real estate agent. She's a phenomenal broker. But when she became a broker, I told Sarah, my wife, I said, look, we got to bring this money into the family because I can't pay out this money, you know? And so for me to bring her in in that capacity, I mean, she was always um, involved, you know, in picking out some of the colors and doing some of the, she's, she's a phenomenal interior um, stylist. I mean, she, she does the interior decorating. She can set all the colors. She was always involved, but for the most part, it was dad and I, and so to bring her in and give her a, a really a commanding role inside our, our business was, and that, that was so motivating for me because you should just, you should have seen the look on her face um, and the importance that she felt and, and, and it really gave her purpose um, and she could see the value in herself. And, and for me, I love to lift people up, right? I love to lift people up. Um, so, I mean, flipping a house is always nice, but lifting people up. But I'll, I'll tell you even a, even a better one than that. When I joined my first network marketing company, man, you remember that feeling where it's brand new and the, and the, and the possibilities are endless and you're just so excited to be involved in something new and something exciting that it's going to change your life for the better moving forward. And not only yours, but, but the surrounding people in your family and your friends I, I'll never forget that feeling ever. And so that's why I gave, I mean, I, I, if I saw another company, a network marketing company, I'd probably give it another shot. You know what I mean? Um, because I love that feeling of being able to lift somebody up and lift other people up around you and make their lives better. But not only that, just the, it's like the feeling you get right before Christmas when you open those presents, right? When you're a little kid and you run out and you're like, Dude, the presents are awesome, right? Even one or two. And it's so exciting because you, you, the second right before you open it, right before you see what it is because the possibilities are endless. Who knows what it is, right? It could be a million dollars, a million dollar idea that you just stumbled upon in your next in your next network marketing gig. Who knows? That company could be it. I went through, bro, seven, eight. I, I, don't, even, I, I don't even know how many companies – to finally figure out, to finally settle on an entrepreneurial um, occupation where I, I was successful. I mean, you know, tens of thousands of dollars spent, tens of thousands of dollars um, not wasted, invested, right, in my growth, in my education, in, in my philosophy, just life philosophy alone. I love the new moment of, of, of a network marketing company. There's nothing better. That's, that's, that's one of my best moments of my life. Well, I, I, uh, I think that's absolutely incredible, and uh, for those of you guys at home, I mean, Chase really has a very unique story. I definitely recommend everybody connecting with him uh, once you listen to this uh, once you listen to this podcast. He's, he's a super good guy, and, uh, and he's just so knowledgeable. I mean, he's like, he literally, like, I, I, I will tell you guys this. We partnered up on a network marketing company once, and I 
was fortunate enough, you know where they always tell you to recruit up, right? I recruited up because I was like, hey, listen, I'm gonna just go find people that are sharper than I am and I'm going to, you know, try to make money while also learning from these people and Chase was, was one of those people. And you know, honestly guys, this is for, for the network marketers out there too because I don't, I don't generally just hone in on network marketing but given the guests and the, the, the amount of time that we've spent on that industry together, I will tell you, he, this is an individual that was on my chicken list. This was somebody I didn't want to approach. You know, and so I can tell you for sure, without going into detail, it always pays uh, to to go out to go out there and and talk to the people that you're you're nervous about going and talking to. So, uh, Chase, I, I thank you so 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 many times over. Um, and uh, go ahead and tell us. Listen, here's the thing, guys. We like to get down to the nitty gritty with entrepreneurs. We don't like to sugarcoat it. You know, if there's somebody out there that's making six figures, seven figures, we still like to ask them the same questions because you never stop growing, you never stop dreaming. Chase, for the audience at home, tell us where you would like to be in the next five years uh, from today. Yeah, so my goal, uh, I'm 33. By the time I'm 38, um, we're going to transition in the next five years out of flipping and we're going we're gonna to make it more of a residual income. The problem with flipping houses is you have to find the next house and the next house and the next house and the next house. So, it, it, I mean, it, it is entrepreneurial. It, 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 you have to go out and you have to find the house. My goal is to create a residual income from a real estate-based side of things, right? So, rentals is obviously going to be the best bet. And you know, I, I, I like what Jesse said. I'll take that philosophy and I'll run to the bank. I learn from people smarter than me. I, I'm... I, I'm an intelligent guy, right? But there's always somebody smarter and there's always somebody that does it better, right? And so if you can learn, if you can take those tricks of the trade and apply them in your own life, I'll give you an example. I'm great at flipping houses. My brother, he's phenomenal at renting, right? Wait until, I'm, he's got five rentals right now. I'm going to wait until he's got about six or seven and he's going to prove the model for me. I'm going to call him up and I'm going to go, hey, what, what, what pitfalls did you have in the last seven years? And he's my brother. He's going to tell me because he wants me to be successful, right? And I'm not in his market, first of all, so I'm not direct competition, <laughs> you know, because we're extremely competitive, right? So I'm, I'm not in direct competition. But he's just going to give it all to me. He's just going to give me the tricks of the trade. So I, I'd, like to, I'd like to transition in, into a residual income-based um, lifestyle. I mean, I, I'd like to transition more into that. Um, but I mean, if, if I could give any advice out there, it's, it's learn from people better than you and then learn everything. Because here's the deal. The things that I learned in network marketing, I had no idea were going to suit me in this industry that I'm in right now, which is real estate. I had no clue, you know, what the big man upstairs, you know, I don't know if you guys believe in God. I, I believe in God, but I don't know what the big man upstairs had in store for me, but he was training me to be successful in other avenues of my life. And just the positive philosophy that network marketing gives you, there's nothing better. There's nowhere else in the world that you can get it on a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly basis than in a network marketing company. And until your mind switches and you can be that self-starter and be that positive mindset, it be around positive people. That's the best thing. That, that's the best advice. And then learn. Just talk to everybody. It doesn't matter if you don't like them or, or you don't agree with what they say. I talk to everybody. Um, I see what their life is like. I see where they've come from because they may have a story that you can relate to, that you may have something going on in your life, and you're like, wow, what they just what happened to them 10 years ago could help me in what I'm doing right now. You have to talk to everybody and learn everything as much as you can. Uh, what, we had, a, we had a, a few mentors back in the day that 
used to use this phrase. It's like drinking from a fire hose, right? You just drink as much as you can and take it all, write it down, get, record it, do something, get it in your brain somehow, soak it, like be a sponge, be some superhuman sponge, and then spout it out. Practice it. I don't know what you guys got to do. I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting excited just talking about it. Soak up as much <laughs> because I'm going to tell you right now, what you learn now, you, you, you may be learning for the future. It, it may be something that you need in a conversation that may happen to you seven years from now. You may have a conversation. You may, you may remember a word track that you learned seven years ago, and you may and you may say it, and it's in your subconscious, and you'll say it, and you'll be like, what the heck just happened? It's crazy. It'll, happen. it'll, just, it'll just pop out, and you'll be like, I don't even know what happened. It's crazy. You know, you, you, it'll just come out. It's, it's bananas. Well, for those of you, like, we're getting fired up. We're getting heated. This is this is good stuff. I'm fired up. I, you know, my next line of questions were going to be, Chase, can, you know, go ahead and give us a, a piece of advice. But he, he went ahead and did that anyways. So, guys, just kind of coming to closing here, um, you know, I, I told you I was going to save some stuff for the end because Chase is kind of – He's, he's, he's one of those guys, he's, I hate using this, this phrase because I don't think it does it a, a justice, but we've all heard jack of all trades, right? Chase is, is somebody, he would, if I was going to do a draft pick, right, like I was an NFL team or, but for sales, Chase would be my number one pick. Now, Chase has decided, <laughs> Chase has decided to really take his entrepreneurial uh, experience and really go a completely different direction while still dominating the real estate game. So just in closing, Chase, you know, uh, the, the listeners at home are going to want to connect with you. Tell us about your upcoming project and how they can connect with you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. My, my kid is in Taekwondo. We went to a tournament. We met a, a couple there. We hit it off. We're good friends with them. We've known them about six months. My wife goes to Hawaii for a wedding, right? I go to Fred's birthday party, one of our friends, while my wife was in Hawaii. I met a guy there, there named Armando, okay? Never seen him before in my life, right? Met him, we hit it off. Six months after this, I connect with him on, a, on just a fluke meeting, right? On a fluke meeting, and I, he recognized me. I say, hey, what's going on? And we just, we're the same people. We're excited. We love life. He loves fishing and hunting, right? He loves fishing and hunting. We go out, and we went out with a guy named Kirk Kirkland. Look him up. He's a, he's, we call him the gar whisperer, the alligator gar, the dinosaur fish. We went out fishing with him, and I, I love GoPros. Uh, just to show you, I got, I got five GoPros in my car right now. I got, I got, I got GoPro 4s. I got GoPro 3s. I got all kinds. I got five GoPros in my car right now. It's just two of them because I love video and stuff. We went out and we videoed uh, Well, uh, it looks like we've lost Chase. Um, so, anyways, guys, this is this. We'll just go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, you know, Chase is really uh, Chase is really excited. So he probably overheated some circuits or something. Um, but guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number two of the Friday Happy Hour. Uh, hopefully, you found some value bombs and what Chase was uh, was bringing to the table. Some really exciting stuff. 
just a small little plug on, on my end. For those of you that are really wanting to, you know, really get your piece of the online pie, feel free to take a look at my coaching program, www.onlinemarketingchampion.com, so we can teach you how to go out there and dominate online as well. A lot of fun. If you're not, a mentor of mine once said, if your business isn't online, you are not in business. So with that, guys, I'm going to cut this, cut this out, and thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon.